You're listening to Different, a sermon series about what it means to be a Christian. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, who's excited to be in church today? A couple people, yeah. Look at the person sitting next to you and tell them to smile. Tell them they look much better when they do that. They should do that more often, right? Hey, hey, good to see you. If you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews. I'm one of the pastors here at Elevate Church. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. We're in week two of a series that we are titling Different, Different. And as we get started today, how many of y'all got a Pinterest out there? I don't have a Pinterest. Anybody got a Pinterest? My wife's got a Pinterest, always pinning stuff she wants me to make or she wants to do or something like that. But how many of y'all would just be honest and say that there have been times in your life where you might have looked at other people, maybe you searched on the internet for something that you kind of wanted to make a copy of, you know, you wanted to, to something to look like this, anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe some of y'all lying, but maybe you like took a picture, you took a picture of somebody who had this beautiful hair on, on the internet and you took it up to the person who styles your hair and you were like, I want to look like this, anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you got to, you want to look like you want to look like this, you know, not me, obviously, I don't want to look like that, but you know, you got a hairstyle, and so you take it up there, and you're like, look, this is what I want to look like, can you make me look like this, can you make my hair look like this, and your stylist is like, oh, yeah, 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 I can do that, I can make you look like that, and so you're so excited, they're cutting your hair, you're in that chair, they're cutting your hair, you know what I mean, and then they spin you around so you can see yourself in the mirror, and instead of really looking like that, you look like this next picture right here, anybody know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, is that ever happened? You look, this is different. I don't look like that. You know what I'm saying? Or like, or like Christmas is just right around the corner. I saw somebody posted 17 Fridays till Christmas. Anybody ready? You got your tree up already? So anyway, but Christmas is right around the corner. And so, you know, you're like, you're looking photography so important. You're like, hey, we want to get the perfect Christmas card. Anybody ever said that? You want to get the perfect Christmas card? So you like Google, hey, what's the perfect Christmas card? And you find pictures like this right here. You're like, well, this would be so great. This would be so good. We'll get the kids together, get the kids, and we're going to like send a picture to everybody. They're going to be so jealous. And so you're like, hey, honey, grab the kids, grab the camera. Let's get our Christmas card ready. But instead of your card really looking like this, your card looks like this. don't <laughs> You're like, that looks different. That's not what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Or, you know, so again, Christmas is coming up. So you're thinking, man, we, we're going to make something pretty. Our card might not have turned out right, but we're going to make some pretty cookies. We're going to make some cookies that look like Santa Claus, like this right here. Everybody's like, yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be nice. So, you know, you go in the kitchen, you work hard, you make a mess. There's flour everywhere. But instead of your cookies really looking like Santa Claus, they look like this right here. Scary Claus, you know what I'm talking about? That's scary right there. You're like, I ain't eating that, man. Throw that in the trash. That looks ugly. But I mean, again, it happens like that a lot for some of us. Uh, We'll spend all kinds of time, all sorts of energy, all sorts of resources trying to copy things. And and they still sometimes, they just look jacked up. They They look different. We do that with cakes, do that with cookies. We do that with crafts. And we even do that with our lives. We really do. All too often, we're working so hard to try to blend in and look just like the world. We've got this deep desire down inside of us to to just really be loved and to really be accepted and, and to look like everybody else. But the truth is you and I weren't made to fit in. As followers of Christ, we're, we're not made to fit in. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, meaning do not try to fit in. Don't try to copy everybody. You are meant to be 
different. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, for so many of us, the, the, the biggest obstacle to really being a fully devoted follower of Christ is this desire to look just like everybody else, this desire to really look just like the world and, and fit in. But we've got to understand that really as followers of Christ, God didn't call us to fit in. He has called us to stand out. We're called to be set apart. We are to be different in the way we live our lives. Seriously, look around the world today. Look around at our nation, man. Why in the world would we want to look anything like what is considered to be normal today? I mean, normal is divorce, right? Normal is to be in debt. Normal is to be living in fear. Normal is tension. Normal is working at a job that you hate with all of your heart. Normal is anxiety. Normal is sleepless nights. I mean, that's what normal is. And I don't know about you, but if, if that's what normal is, I don't want anything to do with normal. I, I really do. I want to be different. I want off the normal road and onto a different road. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. He said, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and few find it. You see what Jesus said right there? Jesus said that there really is this normal road that a lot of people are on, and that normal road, again, it leads to destruction, but there's this other road that, that is not so normal, this other road that, that only few people find and that few people live on, but it's the path that leads to life. It's really my prayer that you and I would be among the few people who find the path that leads to life, and that because we are on the right path, because we are on this different path, that the way that you and I live our life would cause more and more and more people to get off the normal road and onto this road that God has for them. And so that's what we're talking about in this series is the fact that God has called us to be different. Last week, we talked about the fact that God wants us to have a different faith how everybody who lives in this world, no matter if they are a Christian, no matter if they are an atheist, whatever their religious preference is, they operate with some level of faith. But as followers of Christ, our faith, again, is supposed to look much different than the faith of the people in this world. And today, I want to talk to you about values. I want to talk to you about values. We're supposed to have different values than the values of this world. Now, now, what in the world does that, that word value mean? What does it mean? A lot of people, when they are shopping, you know what they're looking for? They are looking for the best value, right? When I go to Walmart, if I'm shopping, you know what I'm picking up? I'm picking up the Walmart brand, great value. You know what I mean? That's what I want, except for when it comes to Pop-Tarts, man. I'm going to get the real deal and splurge because them great value Pop-Tarts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They just don't taste the same, right? Yeah, I just got to get the real deal, man. I'm going to be expensive. Hey, honey, look what I got. Anyway, so, uh, but anyway, so, but that's, that's one thing that value could mean. It, it could mean. it could mean the amount of money that an item is worth, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about when I say we're supposed to have different values. See, value can also talk about what's important to you. 
It can also be referring to your standards. It can be defined as your principles. And so what you really feel is important in this world. And again, as followers of Christ, what we value, what is really important to us should be different. It really should be different than what is important and what people in this world really value. And so let me, let me show you three ways, three ways that you and I are going to have to, have to, have to, three things we're supposed to do if we're really going to have different values. If you're taking notes, you want to write them down. The first thing I want you to see about how to have different values is you've got to choose your source. You've got to choose your source. Now, where in the world are you going to get your values from? Now, one of the places where a lot of people really get their values from today is the television. Studies show that the average American watches TV for five hours and four minutes every day. Five hours and four minutes every day. Some people really have adopted the Netflix, you know, phrase in their life. Hey, let's do Netflix and chill. You know what I'm saying? That's really what they are doing. Well, just for fun, I did a little formula in my head. And because I'm from Pearl, I had to remove the four minutes. You know what I mean? And so five hours, five hours a day. Do you know, do you know what five hours, if you were to watch five hours a day for 365 days, because there's 365 days in a year, do you know how much TV you would have watched in a year? No, it's a lot. You're right. 1,825 hours. Now, you hear that. Doesn't really make, you know, it's just a number, right? We don't really think much about that. But if you live to be 70 years old and you have watched five hours of TV every day for 70 years, do you know how many hours that is? No, Robert, tell us. It is 127,750 hours which still might not seem like anything to you. But if you continue that formula and you take 1,275, uh, 127,750 hours, and you divide that by 24, because there's 24 hours in what? A day. You guys are still with me, right? 24 hours in a day, and then you divide that number by 365, because there are 365 days in a year. Do you know how much time you would have spent watching TV? 14 and a half years. 14 and a half years watching television. Like we get one life to live. God has given us one life. And for 14 and a half years, we're watching television. Where are we getting our values? Because again, television is going to influence your values. Now think about this. How many of you grew up in church? You grew up in church today? Praise the Lord. I didn't grow up in church. I uh, started going to church when I was about 15, uh, every now and then. But anyway, so, uh, but anyway, I didn't grow up in church. But here's the deal. If you go to church one hour a week from the moment you are born, if you go for a year, one hour, there's 52 weeks in a year. Do you know how many hours that is? 52. Come on, y'all. Y'all was like, uh, 52, one, uh, 52, right? 52 weeks in a year. So 52 hours, 52 hours, that would be 52 hours in one year. If you live to be 70 and you went to church for 52 hours a year, do you know how much time you would have spent in church? Four months. 
four months. So 14 and a half years watching television, and if you go to church once a week, every week, for the rest of your life when you were born, only four months. Four months. Again, where are we getting our values? Where are we getting our values? See, let me tell you what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 16 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. But I love TV. I love Facebook. I love social media. I love Instagram. I love all these things. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. See, folks, this was written nearly 2,000 years ago, but it's still very relevant today because the values that this world has, they have not changed. They have not changed. The, the world, again, basically has three values. We just read about them if you want to write them down again, but it's the lust of the flesh. What in the world does that mean? It means pleasure. This world teaches you that pleasure is important, that you should value pleasure, that you should just do what makes you happy, that you should just do what feels good. Just do it. That's, we live, again, in this, this, this pleasure-obsessed culture. The world also values, not only do they value the lust of the flesh, but they value the lust of the eyes. Now, what is that? What is that? So we've talked about pleasure. This is talking about possessions. This is talking about material things, possessions. Again, we buy stuff we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like or know, right? And so then we'll post pictures on Facebook. Look at me on my, va look at me on my vacation. Look at me with all my stuff. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You see people doing that, you're just like, is it just me? Y'all are like, is he talking about me? Absolutely, man. I see y'all get jealous. But they're like, look, if you'll just click this link underneath my video, I'll show you how to make $5,000 a week on your cell phone. You can buy a Lamborghini. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see those things, you're like, man, what in the world? But again, it's this lust, this lust, this desire to have possession. So it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and it's the pride of life. What is that? Well, for alliteration purposes, we've talked about PPP. We're going to talk about another P, and we're going to call it popularity or prestige. Popularity or prestige. See, we think image is everything. We want people to look at us. And we want people to think we're more important than we actually are. We want people to think we're more important than they are. And the media, television, Facebook, other social media outlets, they bombard us with that type of value system each and every day. That's what the devil tried to tempt Jesus with, and that's what he tries to seduce us with every day. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is led out into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days, after 40 days, he was hungry. Man, if it had been 40 days for me, I probably would have ate those great value Pop-Tarts, even though I don't like them, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, he is hungry. And after 40 days, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, that the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You know what the devil did right there? Wow. Fasting for 40 days, you're good. You deserve something nice. You deserve something to, that feels good. You deserve a little pleasure in your life. Just, 
just turn, just turn these stones into bread. It'll make you feel so good. But look at how Jesus responds in verse 4. The Bible says, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So that temptation didn't work with Jesus. So the devil tries something else. He tries to tempt him with the pride of life. If you keep reading, if you keep reading in verse 5, the Bible says this, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now I want you to know that the highest point on the temple was more like a balcony. It was where the priest actually went every morning. They would blow their horn as the sun came up when people were gathered there. And they would all clap. There were crowds of people there. And so uh, the devil takes Jesus to where all these people would have been. And he says this. He says, if you are the son of God in verse 6. Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. The devil basically says, Jesus, think of how important you'll look if you just jump off and all these angels come and rescue you, man. People will worship you. They will think you are awesome. It'll be great. Look at how Jesus responds in verse 7. Jesus answered him, but it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the lust of the flesh didn't work. The pride of life didn't work with Jesus. And so the devil does something else. He, he talks about the lust of the eyes. He talks about possessions. You keep on reading in verse 8. The Bible says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I'll give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus, I'll give you all this stuff. This is what everybody wants. I'll give it to you. I'll give you all these possessions. But look at what Jesus says in verse 10. Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Do you see that? I want you to see that Jesus didn't get his values from this world. Jesus didn't get his values from what the world said was important. Jesus got his value from the word of God. Where are you getting your values from? Where am I getting my values from? Where are all of our values coming from? Is it from the word of God or is it from this world? See, if you and I really want to be different, we've got to get our values from a completely different source than this word. And there's so many people who never open up the precious word of God and study it. It has been given to you and given to me as a gift from God to show us how to live our life and what's really important. And you and I neglect it. Why? Where in the world do we get our values from? So once we choose our source The next thing, if you want to have different values, is this. You've got to clarify what's important. You've got to clarify what's important. Now, there are a lot of things that are important, right? A lot of things. At least there are a lot of things that we say are important. You know what I'm talking about? Like like getting a good night's rest. Is that important? Yeah. Yeah, some of y'all are like, nah. And I know that because we watch. We'll stay up late. We'll say it's important, but then we'll stay up and watch five hours and four minutes of Netflix. You know what I'm saying? And then we got to get up and go to work the next day. So we don't really get a good night's rest, but we say it's important. Oh, yeah, you got to get a good night's rest. We say that's important. What about this? Eating healthy? Eating healthy? We say it's important, right? Y'all with me? 
Come on, man. Y'all help me preach this morning. It'll make me feel better. But anyway, so we say eating healthy is important. It's so important when we go to McDonald's, we get our meal upsized, right? But then we get a Diet Coke because that cancels all that stuff out, right? It's that important, right? We say it's important. We say eating healthy. All those things are important. Again, what is it that's really important to you? The Bible tells a story about this guy who who really wanted to know the answer to a very important question. He wanted to know the, the answer to a very important question. And, and, and so if you've got your Bible, in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. The Bible says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him. Now let me stop for just a second because uh, Luke's account of this event tells us that this was the rich young ruler. This is a rich young ruler. This is a rich person and he is running. He's running to Jesus. Now, it's important for you to understand that during this time, men did not run unless they had made preparations to run. Why? See, they didn't wear blue jeans like you and I might wear today. They didn't wear blue jean cutoffs like I had back in the day that are now popular again. But we had them because we were just poor, you know what I'm saying? But uh, now you can buy and pay. Anybody seen those cutoff blue jeans? You're like, dude, man, I was wearing that back in the 80s. Anyway, so... You know, they didn't have those things. Didn't have, they, didn't have, they didn't have umbros or anything like that. And so they wore robes. They wore cloaks. And so if you just took off running in a robe or running in a cloak, you know what would happen? You would fall, right? And people would be like, ha, 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 ha. You didn't want people laughing at you, right? So if you were going to run, even if you were wearing a robe, you know what you had to do? You had to, you had to, you had to pull it like this. And then you'd show all your hairy legs, and, you know, you might show something else when you're running. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, that's not too much. And so people would laugh. They would laugh. We're not doing that. And so here this rich man is. What is he doing? He's running, right? Running to Jesus. People have been like, what is this guy doing? He's running to Jesus. Not only that, watch, watch what happens. The Bible says he runs up to him and fell on his knees before him. Let me stop again. People seeing this would have been shocked. Who is this man? He is a rich young ruler. Not only is he running, but he runs up to him and he gets on his knees before him. People watching this would have thought it needed to be the other way around. Jesus, do you not realize that you're in the presence of royalty? Jesus, you should be kneeling right now. Why in the world does this man do this? It's because he's got something important on his mind. He's got a very important question he wants to ask. And look at what he says. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life. Now, doesn't that sound like a real important question? It really does. Sure must have been important to him because he risks embarrassing himself. He risks looking embarrassing. He, he risks all those things just to run up and ask Jesus this question. He's willing to look silly for what's important to him. And aren't we like that? Willing to look silly for what's important to us? I remember when Amanda and I had been dating for a while. Some of y'all heard this story before, but Amanda and I had been dating for a while and things were getting serious. You know, she had asked me to be her boyfriend. She had asked, she had told me she loved me. She wanted to marry me and all this other good stuff. And so I could tell it was really getting serious. And so one day we were going to go to the circus. We were going to go to the circus, me and her, and her dad heard we were going to the circus. And so he starts flipping out like a little kid. I want to go to the circus. I want to go to the circus. He's not here, but I'm telling you, this is really what happened. Uh, you could verify that with him, but he's not. So anyway, but he's like, I want to go to the circus. So we decided, hey, we're going to take you to the circus with us. He's so excited. Now, Bill and I, her dad and I, we're always trying to kind of one-up one another and 
you know, we're the bigger man and all this other. Anybody do that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just me? Pray for me? Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're doing that. And so I'm always beating him in ping pong, always beating him in basketball. And he just, he really gets his feelings hurt. And so we're there and he's like always trying to prove to Amanda that he loves Amanda more than I love Amanda. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, I know now that she's still your little girl, but she's my wife. You know what I'm saying? She really, she's my wife. And so I remember we went to the circus and Bill is trying to like get Amanda to feel like I don't love her. And she, he's like, Bill says, Amanda, if Robert loves you, he, he would get his face painted like a clown because that's what they're doing. They're, they're painting faces like clowns, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to get my face painted like a clown. You know what I mean? I look ridiculous. But, I mean, Bill's called me out. You know, how many men? Somebody calls you out. You don't be, all right, man, watch this. And so I said, well, I said, well, Amanda, if your dad loved you, he'd get his face painted too. And so I called him out. And so, you know what we both had to do? Get our face painted like clowns. I have a picture somewhere, and I really was going to show y'all, but we couldn't find it. You know what I mean? True story. But, man, we look ridiculous. You know, we look silly. Man, when we would pass adults, they'd grab their kids and pull them away from us. <laughs> Who are these people? At the... I mean, you know what I mean? We didn't look anything like clowns. We looked like serial killers or something like that. But, again, you're willing to look silly for things that are really important to you. What's important to you? Is it the things that this world tells you are important or because you get your values from a different source, because you get your values from the precious word of God is what's important to you, what's important to God. We need to clarify what's important to us. So once you choose your source and once you clarify what's important, that leads us to the last point this morning, and that is you've got to change your lifestyle. You've got to change your lifestyle. This is really what brings it all together, because you remember that rich young ruler, he's trying to clarify what's important to him. He runs up to Jesus, went right to the source, went right to the right source, you know, and he's like, hey, what, what must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And look at what happens in verse 18. The Bible says, this is Jesus, he says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he says, all these things I've camped since I'm a boy. Now, I can't help but think this boy was lying right now to Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I mean, really, when he was coming up, he never took something that wasn't his, like a piece of gum somebody had left on the counter or a cookie or something like that. I mean, when he said he had honored his mother and father since he was a boy, you know, was there never a time when his parents thought he needed an attitude adjusting, you know what I'm talking about? So I wonder when he said, hey, I've done all these things, if some of the people in the crowd were like, well, goody, goody, two-shoe, you know what I'm saying? You got that. What, what, I mean, what were they thinking? But look at, what, look at what verse 21 says. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And watch this, verse 22. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus tells this man, he answers the question that this man has. He answered the question that seemed most important to this man. He answers the question, and the man does not like the response that Jesus gives him. 
and his face fell. And he goes away sad because he has great wealth. You know what happened here? This guy was not willing to change his lifestyle. Oh, he made it look like eternal life was important to him. He made it even sound like eternal life was important to him. But when it really came down to it, you know what? It wasn't important. It wasn't as important to him as his wealth. What about you? What about me? The things that we really say are important to us, are we willing to change our lifestyle because we really believe what we say is important? Are we willing to change our lifestyle because of what we value? So many people who call themselves Christians, they're just not willing to make the necessary changes in their life because they're too concerned about this world and the things of this world. They are seduced by popularity, by possessions, by, by, by pleasure. The, those things turn them away from what God really wants. But don't forget what 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. You and I weren't made to love this world. We weren't made to fit into this world. We weren't made to love the things that this world loves. As followers of Christ, our highest value, do you know what our highest value should be? Our highest value should be pleasing God. That's our highest value. And see, I'm wrapping up, but I want you to see something that one of the closest people to Jesus actually said. One of his closest disciples, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13, Peter says this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So Peter said, because, because you have a different source that provides your values, and, and because you have clarified what it is that's really important to you, he says, don't go back and do the same dumb stuff you used to do. Don't do that. And then he says this in verse 15. He says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because God is holy. Now, let me stop. Because it's not just behavioral changes that God is really looking for. It's not. You and I need to understand that living holy is not the way to knowing Christ. It's not. It's not the way to knowing Christ. In fact, it's the other way around. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. See, it's not that, look at my life, look at the way I live my life. Uh, you know, I, I'm not cussing as much as I used to. I'm not doing this as much as I used to. I must be getting closer to Christ. No, it's because you're closer to Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God has been planted in your heart and in your life that there are fruits of the Spirit that are being evidence, that are evidence in your life. And it's not no longer that, hey, I'm trying not to do this over here. I'm trying not to do this over here. It's that I don't want to do those things. Because again, 
My values are different. My highest value is to please God. And so I'm going to live a life that's worthy of the calling that he set apart for me. See, folks, it's my prayer that the Spirit of God would do for you what I cannot do for you. And that is to point out anything in your life that really might not be pleasing to him. And, and not out of obligation where you think, I got to try harder, I got to try harder, I got to try harder. But because of inward spiritual transformation. But because of the work that God does in your heart and in your life, you're not naturally becoming like Christ. You are supernaturally becoming like Christ because, again, the Holy Spirit of God is in your heart. And so with everything in us, my prayer is that we seek Him, that we ask Him to change us because we value Him. We value what He values, and He values us so much that He came to this earth to be with us, to make a way for us to be with him. And so because of that, we will value him above all and before all. Before all, are your values different? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I do know for so many Christians for so many people who say they are followers of Christ that really if you look at their life there's really not much difference in what they say is important versus what this world says is important but there should be a major difference when people look at us again they should say man there's something different. And so if you're here today and you'd say, hey, pastor, just pray for me. Pray for me that I, I'll begin to really seek what God values above what I value. If you say, pray for me, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand right where you are. Amen. A lot of us. A lot of us. Father, I do pray for these who have raised their hands, indicating that they recognize there is a change that needs to be made, not only in their behavior, but in their heart. Father, I pray that they would choose the right source, and that source being your word of God, after they have clarified exactly what it is through study, through preparation. Father, I pray that they really would live the kind of life that is pleasing to you. Help me, Father, to do the same. As we continue to pray, as we continue to pray, not really sure what happened there. Get your microphone. But as we continue to pray, gee, where is I don't know what's happening. As we continue to pray, there, sorry, old devil, old devil, amen. Father, he's not going to get any glory today. Father, I, I just can't help but believe too that there's somebody here who needs to surrender their heart to you. Father, they need to be saved. Father, I I pray that because they're here this morning, because they know that you really do love them, that they would give you their heart and their life. And so today, if you know you need to be saved, you know you need to be made right with God, I'm going to ask right where you are that you just pray this prayer. 
Father, forgive me for all of my sin. And I pray that you come into my heart, that you come into my life, that you completely change me from the inside out. From the inside out, not the outside in, Father. Father, I pray because your Holy Spirit is within me that everything about me would be different. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for loving me. Help me be yours for the rest of my life. Our heads are still bowed, but listen, if you pray to receive Christ, I'm just going to ask it right where you are. You be bold that you raise your hand so that we can know that God is moving. Amen. I see that hand. I see it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Amen. 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 God is good, folks. God is so good. Father, thank you for new life. Thank you for salvation. And I pray right now that you would continue to do a mighty work. Father, bless us with your presence, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.